The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Narratives of Purpose. My name is Claire Morigande. I am a scientist by training, a TEDx speaker, and your host on this show. This podcast is dedicated to amplifying social impact by bringing you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people making extraordinary impact within their communities and around the world. If you're looking for a program that showcases unique stories of change makers, stories of people who are contributing to make a difference in society, and at the same time you want to be inspired to take action, then look no further, you are in the right place. So get comfortable and listen in to my conversations. Today, my guest is Kashish Agarwal. Kashish is a Global Shapers Community Curator for the Chandigarh Hub in India. In case you're not familiar with the Global Shapers Community, it is a network of young people driving dialogue, action and change. It was born out of the World Economic Forum and has 500 hubs in cities around the world. Kashish is also a product consultant at Indus Action an organization with the vision of solving India's deep-rooted problems via public policy. In our discussion, Kashish shares with me her experience working at the grassroots and policy level on questions related to affordability and access to quality education for youth from marginalized backgrounds. Please take a moment to rate and to review our show wherever you get your podcasts. And right now, listen to Kashish's journey and her passion to create systemic change. So, hello Kashish, how are you doing today? Hi Claire, I'm very fine. Thank you for having me here. So Kashish, let me first start with a few, you know, words of background for our listeners for them to understand, you know, why am I speaking to you today? Basically, you are a Global Shapers Community Curator. As I said, you're based in India. And I recently partnered with the Global Shapers. There are two hubs which are based here in Switzerland, in Geneva and Zurich, for a series of events that we were organizing here from the podcast, which are called the Social Impact Virtual Forum Series. And I partnered with them on this event and since the podcast, basically, our mission is to showcase change makers around the world. And the Global Shapers community is really uh, bringing together young change makers across the world. But perhaps you can tell us a bit more on, you know, what is exactly the Global Shapers so our listeners have a better idea. As you mentioned, I am currently the creator of Chandigarh Hub, which is based in Punjab in India. And uh, as you rightly said that... Uh, Global Shapers is a community of young change makers under the age of 30. The entire community is trying to solve and address challenges at a local, regional and global level. It's a community of almost 450 plus hubs across 148 countries. Uh, and we are right now proudly a community of almost uh, 10,000 plus shapers uh, as of now. 
Let me start by asking you the very first question. I'm curious to know, you know, where does this passion of yours, or at least this profound interest of ensuring that young people have affordable quality education, where does this come from? I think this passion stems from my own personal story. Um, so like while I was very young, uh, hardly at an age of nine, I had lost my father. And that actually made me question a lot of uh, things around, you know, the social currency with which people are born with. So um, until a visit to an orphanage, I was always questioning that, you know, like just like a childhood question that, you know, why something like that happened to me and all that. But then a visit to an orphanage completely changed uh, things for me for good. And that is where I realized uh, that, you know, the privileges that uh some people have and some are not born with and it's completely a flip of a coin I would say I, I like to call it as the lottery of birth so uh, that is where I decided that you know whatever um, privileges that I have I would like to you know really contribute to this society to make it a better place so that is how I started uh, volunteering and teaching orphan kids and it's been almost two decades that I've been working in the sector in uh, professional as well as volunteering capacities uh, though to be very specific it's been seven years that I entered the sector as a professional development consultant. So you mean that for the past seven years you've been really as a professional and before that it was more about volunteering correct? Yes yes like I started volunteering in the field uh, right at the age of 10 or 11. Oh 10 or 11 but that's quite young. Yeah during the weekends I would just go and teach other kids in my own school and you know just just whatever learnings I would acquire from my schooling I would just go and share with them I would teach them basics of English mathematics or science this is how you know like it just felt so meaningful at that time and that is how I decided that you know this is something that gives me really so much of happiness and I would want to work in the sector. And you know if I may ask how was that really happening for you or at least I would say for the other children right how did they welcome that and how did they see that someone who was basically their peer was teaching them okay so uh, here is the thing that you know uh, all those children that I was teaching they didn't have really financial resources to go to a proper school and learn so there were two communities of children that I was working with one was the orphan kids who were uh, you know being cared by the orphanages and the second community of children were uh, the children uh, from the daily wage workers. So in and around our schools. So uh, I was working with them and, you know, it was more of a friendly setup where you would just go play with them and, you know, just share your learning, just play, uh, just use some uh, crayons to color and, you know, just learn mathematical tables and all that. I think they were just being very kind enough to welcome me and uh, make me feel part of them. So you just said that now only recently, the past few years, you've been a professional. And from what I've gathered and from what I've seen also on your profile, you've worked both at the grassroots and the, at the policy level. So can you explain to me, you know, what type of assignments you have been involved in? I started uh, with Teach for India in 2015. And since then, I've been working in the sector in different capacities. Uh, while I was there as a fellow, I, it was more around, you know, like being a transformational fellow in the school system where you're working with school kids, where you're working with the school teachers and trying to restructure and, you know, work within the system. So uh, from there, I went on to work with an international organization called Bridge International Academies, 
where we were working on the curriculum again for the underprivileged communities like we were designing the curriculum for science mathematics and english and um, also i would like to mention that i have been really experimental uh, with my career because i just wanted to gain a holistic overview of the sector so from these two uh, positions i realized that you know to bring a change i probably wanted to work at a scale like as in you know work with the governments work with the policy makers because then you are working with numbers like you know one policy change or one design aspect of the process can benefit multiple students at a tenth for example like after that i took up a role with the state government of punjab where i was working as a, a skill development consultant and directly we were impacting almost around 5 lakh students so that that was the number that we were operating with and over there my role was to work as a technical uh, and design consultant with the government and help them around skill development as in uh, we were working with the school children uh, we were uh, working with teachers and strengthening their basics around imparting the programs to students it's been quite some journey then uh, later on i also worked uh, with the csr the corporate social responsibility where i was working with the corporates and the implementing partners as in the ngos lately i have been involved with a project uh, which was again uh, the name of the organization is intersection and uh, we are working with the government of haryana on this project where uh, as per the state policy the students are students coming from economically weaker section or uh, below poverty line are entitled to free education in private schools so we are just uh, working with within the system with the uh, government in completely reinventing and you know implementing the policy so that the students could avail these benefits and get admission in schools uh, at free of cost so it seems to me that you've seen basically every aspect of the entire ecosystem is that fair to say i just wanted to as i said earlier that i just wanted to get a holistic view of how the entire system operates like as in how uh, you know when a policy is drafted how the policy makers come into picture how the you know corporates uh, channelize their funding and you know the as in the ngos come into place where they uh, channelize their human resources and the intellectual uh, resources to really make some uh, work happen like i i just like to call it uh, the interconnectedness of the <laughs> entire community now i'm i'm actually curious to to understand how do you see this interconnectedness functioning together i mean are all these stakeholders or at least all these perspective from the different ecosystem really communicating together or do you see like some challenges or things that really need to be addressed in order for the whole system to function properly and in the end as you say to serve the students i would say that you know we are 70% there you know the entire stakeholders are coming together and there's a proper communication channel where uh the systems are working together to bring that change but still there are certain gaps that need to be understood for example you know the communities as in uh, the ones who need the benefits a lot of times what i have observed in my uh, work is that uh, their viewpoints are not being well considered like as in you cannot be making policies or you cannot be designing processes for people uh, by just sitting in the offices there needs to be a proper a uh, layer where you are going and you know working with the as in going and talking to the uh, beneficiaries so about their needs like you know rather than just stating that you know this is what if i create this kind of a change if i give them these kind of necessities this change will happen on ground or the uh, community would adopt it 
So that is where I see the gap. And that is where I would say the different layers come into picture. For example, these days, like, you know, many NGOs have started adopting the principles of human-centered design, or uh, I would call it behavioral aspect to it, like as in uh, many policies or for that matter, many processes are designed. But then a lot of times we, as in uh, when I say we, I talk about the entire system as in uh, everybody in the process that we kind of overlook about the needs of the community for whom we are designing. So if that element can be really structured and uh, brought about in the initial stages of design, the community would strengthen and the changes would be effected much more quickly. Now, I'm curious to know, how does now your role as Global Shapers Community Curator fits into all this work that you've been doing? Tell me about this role and how it complements what you are already doing within your work in terms of design and impact consultant. Maybe I can just talk about some of the projects that we are doing locally. For example, uh, one of the projects that we are doing is called Shaping Vision. We are benefiting almost around 2,000 kids by providing them with free eye testing and uh, spectacles through corporate funding. So this is one project that we are working on. Uh, the other project that I uh, would like to talk about is around uh, the emotional well-being. Uh, this project we started during the COVID times. So uh, that time we had partnered with some of the psychologists and, you know, like just the, I would say, the emotional well-being practitioners to kind of create these sessions and, you know, talk, uh, be a helping hand to them. The plan was to start a helpline number uh, where these people could call us and, you know, it, it was a missed call helpline number and we would connect them with our uh, emotional well-being practitioners and they can kind of seek counseling from them and, you know, like heal themselves in the process. But of course, uh, one challenge that happened in that process was around lack of awareness because here we are talking about the community who really doesn't have enough resources and then again at the same time we are talking about uh, the tech technical awareness your question was around that how it really complements the work that i do in my professional life uh, so i would say that uh, the work is very integrated as in uh, it's again about benefiting the community it is again about benefiting the people who need the support so that is how the entire community has come together. We are almost a team of 20 shapers in uh, our local hub uh, where we are working on these projects. Uh, for example, the other project is around Meet the Leaders series where we invite shapers across the globe to uh, visit and uh, you know talk about their journeys so that they can be an inspiration to our students in the schools. Also with World Economic Forum, I would say that you know since it's a global community, so there's also a possibility of doing uh, global projects. We did try out some of the projects across, uh, like as an exchange of projects and, you know, like getting uh, maybe like six, seven different countries participating towards one initiative, for example, around uh, planting trees around uh, a particular day during or celebrating World Environment Day together. So, you know, like just around cross-learning from each other around uh, what their hub is doing better and how we can incorporate their learning uh, or what maybe, for example, our hub did uh, better and we can share those learnings with them. So just a very uh, enriching network where you get inspiration from 
I was also wondering, I mean, now you told me about your role at the Global Shapers, how it kind of also fits in and it's connected to what you were doing also around education. But what actually motivated you or led you to become a Global Shapers community curator, or at least to join, first of all, the Shapers community, and then after a while become the curator? Where did that come from? I got to know about Global Shapers community while I was attending some event in Chandigarh itself. And I was really inspired by, uh, you know, like the people there who were conducting that event. Again, it was something on the lines of Meet the Leader series. And I really wanted to understand that, you know, uh, who are these people? Like, you know, how come, you know, they have such influence here uh, around uh I mean, the students in that particular event. So that is how I just walked up to the person there. And I got to know that he was a founding curator. And he just invited me to be part of some of their events and understand more about it. And as and more I got to know about uh, the community, I just wanted to be part of it. I just wanted to become part of it because it completely aligned with what I was doing in my professional life. And at the same time, this community was giving me a platform to exercise some of my learnings from the social and impact sector in uh, curating events at a local level, like as in, you know, creating some uh, small and meaningful experiences for the community around us. Because uh, my professional life was around, again, working at a state level or at a central level, as in like, you know, uh, working on policies uh, with the Indian government has created. But here I was also getting the chance to exercise some of those learnings at a very local uh, contextual level. So that was very exciting for me to be uh, part of the community. And also the global exposure that this community provided is immense. Like, you know, no other network, I would say, has this much of potential as compared to global uh, shapers community. Also, I would like to add here, like recently, of course, pre-COVID time, there was this event around Shape South Asia, which was hosted in Sri Lanka. And I got a chance to be part of the event there. It was really interesting. Like, you know, I met people from almost 25 uh, countries there in that particular event. It was just so uh, interesting to learn from their experiences. Like, for example, it's, it's very cliche to say, but then that was the first time that I got to interact with shapers from the Pakistan hub. And one thing that really struck me was that how similar are we in our, you know, lifestyle, in our in our food choices. I mean, it, it just felt that we are connected, like, you know. So those experiences, I think it's very uh, rare and hard to get if you are not part of any global community. As you were saying before, you can grow and you can not only be exposed to others, but you also have a platform also to share your voice and show what you're also doing in your own communities or at least in your own regions. And also people are well established in their own careers and you get to kind of learn from different uh, disciplines of, uh, you know, the professional uh, aspects. For example, somebody is into tech or uh, ed tech or somebody is into, you know, like uh, completely technolo uh, technology-based startups and everything. So, you know, you can just cross-learn and share, uh, maybe collaborate and create something much more meaningful as per your own context and as for the larger good. Uh, for example, I got an opportunity to host a session around emotional well-being in that Shape South Asia Summit, which was again attended by uh, people from, like, again, the 24 countries were representing the meeting there. I just felt that, you know, all of us do share similar stories and we all have similar hopes and desires and goals. 
moving forward in our lives, irrespective of wherever we are in our own journeys. So now a next question before we move to the last part of the show. When you look back at everything you've done and how far you've come, I'm curious to know what is one piece of advice that you had received at some point that you still consider today to have served you throughout your journey? I think one uh, piece of advice that has stayed with me forever is around failing forwards. Very early on in my career, I realized that, you know, a lot of times uh, when we start on to do something uh, and irrespective of the efforts that we put in, we might not achieve the outcome. We might not achieve the results that we intend to. But then the best part about that, uh, you know, you I don't like to call it a failure, but still by just by going with the terminology, uh, I would just call it as a failing forward. Like as in a uh, lot of times when we uh, push, we fail, but sometimes we also achieve our breakthrough through those moments. And the key is to just learn from those experiences and just keep moving forward. Uh, also, um, I uh, got to read this quote uh, from Ray Dalio, who's the founder of Bridgewater, the largest hedge fund in the world. Uh, he said that, you know, pain plus reflection equals progress. Like, if you look at it in an objective way or subjective way, this is how it is. Like, you know, you might uh, move on to try to do something, but it doesn't lead there. So, of course, it's create a kind of a pain memory in that person but then if you try to sit back and understand where something didn't go right so taking those learnings when you move forward it's always a good area of progress then you don't start from scratch but you start from an experience so now at the end of the show, what I, I like to do is to ask a very short set of three questions to have a little bit of an insight or a preview into what they you know, like to read or the type of music that they like to listen to. So the first question is, is there something in terms of music that you listen to very often at the moment or what is the book that you are reading right now that you could share with us? I really like this album called Empty Hands by Nemo Patel. If I have to talk about my favorite song from the uh, album is Planting Seeds. And also I like this particular song whenever I am kind of, you know, uh, really um, struggling to make some things meet. Then I listen to this song called Unstoppable. It just puts you in a uh, high pace immediately. Second question is, is there a specific song uh, or even a book that was special for you at a particular time in your life? Can I uh, quote three different things here? Sure, sure, you can. One is this uh, particular movie that I uh, watched uh, recently. Uh, it's called uh, A Beautiful Mind. It's a beautiful movie uh, about this person called John Nash, uh, who's, a, who's an economist and he's suffering from delusions and schizophrenia. Uh, but then what I really learned from this uh watching this movie was that you know everything is possible like if you just come out uh to the world they'll just accept you the way you are if you're courageous enough to really stand and tell the world uh, about you know who you are uh so that was one thing and also uh, just thinking about that person john nash like how he always tries to you know like create something new and you know solve a problem similar on similar lines i really liked reading this book called uh, zero to one which is again about you know creating something new it talks a lot about the first principles of thinking and the third thing i would say 
I really like this book called uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it's it's a lot about, you know, your own uh, spiritual enlightenment. It's a lot about, you know, uh, being, uh, living a joyful life and, you know, being in the present by, you know, accepting what it is uh, by being in the present moment. So the third and last question, but perhaps you've already answered that partly with the previous one, is do you have any specific recommendation in terms of books or music where you say to our listeners, you have to read this or you have to listen to this? So you just mentioned this last book from Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Is there another recommendation that you would give us? <laughs> well, there, there are a lot of books that I can think of. I uh, really liked reading the book called Shoe Dog. Uh, that's about the journey of Nike founder. something that I also would like to share with the listeners of Narratives of Purpose is around my own personal uh, experiments with uh, my students. Uh, and something that I also hold true for myself is that a lot of times when we deep dive into, you know, like uh, maybe creating a niche for ourselves or, you know, like choosing the career and things like that, it's, it's always good to pause and reflect that, you know, maybe any one particular problem that I want to solve. And I think I have the skill set to solve that. For example, I did this uh, experiment with my uh, with my students, uh, almost around 180 students. I took them through a kind of a curriculum which I designed around local uh, role models and change makers of their own age, which they could reflect, uh, connect with. So uh, at the end of that uh, curriculum, they had to answer what problem uh, do they think they want to solve when they grow up. And the second question was around like, what are the skill set that they would need to uh, learn and acquire to be able to solve that problem? So uh, this is something that I also did for myself. A lot of times it happens with me as well as my own age mates and, you know, my own uh, friend circle that we get lost in this uh, walk of life where there's so much of competition, where there's so much of rat race around being the winner and all that. It's always good to reflect and pause and ask these questions. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. Pause and reflect and take the time, as you say, learn from your experience and keep moving forward. Thank you so much, really. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for sharing your experience. I'm really impressed about all your achievements and all the many things you've been doing and that you're part of this uh, great global community of the Global Shapers. I think it's really amazing and I really hope that we stay in touch and I could learn more on the progress of everything that you were doing from India. Thank you, Claire. Thank you so much for having me. And it's the pleasure, I would say, likewise, the pleasure is equally mine. I really love talking to you. And I'm sure uh, with what you are doing with Narratives of Purpose, uh, you are really creating uh, an impact and, you know, like really inspiring people to take up roles where they can inspire further more people and create uh, benefit and impact in their lives. Part of an organization that seeks to identify gaps existing in policy framing and their grassroots implementation is really fundamental for anyone who aspires to create a long-lasting social impact. Kashish has truly recognized the importance of working within the system to create a systemic level of change. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you taking the time. That was episode number 35, a conversation with Kashish Agarwal. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you like our show, tell your friends about it and share within your network. You can also connect with us through our social handles or our website. Until the next episode, take care of yourselves, stay well and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios. Thank you.